Hello everybody and welcome to What's the Story podcast. This is WTS298. My name's Danny Murray. And I'm Graham Merrigan. Oh, How wow. are you, Danny? I'm doing absolutely fantastic, Graham. Having a great week all together now, so I am. We were sending audio notes last night and I said, we need to talk about this in the intro. Yeah. And now I've forgotten. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. No, I don't remember at all. But <laughs> I remember you, now that you said it, I'm like, oh, yeah, we did say we talked about this in the intro. But the- this always happens with our audio notes. Was it chicken fajitas? Chicken vegetas. Chicken That's fajitas. That's what it was. Now, besides people listening to this being like, the way they're saying chicken vegetas is wrecking my head, I don't care. That's what it's, that's that's how you spell it, Vegeta's. Yes, I was going to say, you spell it F-A-J, don't you? That's a Vegeta, right? Yeah, Vegeta, yeah. End of story. F-A-H, Fajita. Fajita. And look, 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 look. Yeah, if you are... If you are do, you, do you make chicken Vegeta's or do you make beef Vegeta's? Like the steak? Chicken. chicken. I must try the steak ones though, because the chicken ones are massive. I've, I've done beef, but I've done it with mints, and it just oh, didn't. No, have not for me. Yeah, just no. didn't have the same. And I beef, have done... ground beef like that is only for bolognese, as far as I'm concerned. Ah no, man, there's a lot you can do with ground beef. Oh, is there? Like what? Oh man, lots of good, good, good cottage pie, Graham. Yeah, they're, uh, they're over like like a Sunday roast. They're overrated. Nah, man, a good cottage pie you can't beat it. Like a good one. Now, not just the kind of like a bit of mince thrown over a bit of potato. Like no, no, no. Yeah. I'm talking like. Old cottage boy, like I made um Vegeta's last night for me and my mom, and I put chicken in it, I yeah. put white onion, yeah, I put mushrooms. Now that bit threw me in in a yeah or like nay, like you in, like in mushrooms an, though. In an intri- I love mushrooms, and but I've just yeah. never I've never put them in Vegeta's, so I was intrigued by your inclusion in them. Yeah, massive, yeah. My red pepper, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I put I sliced up six jalapenos from yes. from the, the tin, you know, the tin of the water. Ah, uh, yeah, absolutely. It says, yeah. it says in that tin, I got that tin over, not a tin, a glass, a jar. A jar, a jar. A jar yeah. of jalapenos and in the water. And it says like once open, refrigerate and eat within three days. No, That's no. there. Like in, in, in uh, a week and a half and they're still there. I won't be eating them in three days. They'll be grand. What do you make of those best before dates anyway? It depends on the product. Those yeah, jalapenos, so, though. See, any of them things that, like, you know, like uh, any condiment, your yeah. ketchups or your, your the likes of them and all that. Like, we'd open a ketchup and it'd be in the fridge for about seven months, like. Really? Oh, yeah, man. We wouldn't piss through it at all, like, do you know what I mean? But Jesus. those jalapenos com- uh, consume within three days of opening. Listen, mate. No. They're in a vinegary water, right? They're going no. nowhere. I made a mistake of kind of taking a sip of that vinegary water. Jesus. Have you a spicy yeah, hole on you now, have you? Very spicy, yeah. Yeah, I'd say so, man. I'd say so. I'd yeah. say it. Yeah, Jesus. That, that'd put a burn on you now. Absolutely. Me Stephen Dicker was gone. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, that's a great line, mate. I love it. I love it. I don't know who Stephen Dicker is. Uh, listen, it sounds good. That's all that matters. <laughs> you know I mean? um, out, outside of you having to put your, your loo roll in the fridge to help you out, how, how's life treating you this week? Is oh, there yeah. anything else you want to discuss? Like, any, any, any matters of importance, Graham, that we've been ignoring? Um, 
Poor Sinead O'Connor's passing. Yeah, made Laura yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, the devastating news that was. I'm still watching <laughs> stuff. Uh, nearly two weeks on, I'm still watching stuff. I'm I'm finding stuff I hadn't seen before on mm. YouTube and all about her. Just like, you know, interviews that confirm and you know that she was way ahead of her time in absolutely, her yeah, social yeah. commentary. Um, I, yeah. I think, unfortunately, I think Sinead falls into that bracket of person who isn't fully appreciated or understood until it's too late. Yeah. So many like that, isn't it? Just because yeah. she spoke her mind and this whole thing of narrative of, oh, she was a bit mad. Boy, because yeah, she shaved her head. Like, and she did have mental health illness, but I mean, she she developed them for a reason because of her upbringing. And... I was going to say, like, she, she'd experienced trauma. You know yeah. I mean? And throughout her life, continued to experience trauma because she was vulnerable and people, for whatever reason, either took advantage of that or exploited that or whatever. But, like, I think it's one of those things where when people tell the truth to power, the the, the reaction is, like you said, it's that piece of, like, ah, oh, she's a bit mad, bit of a character, that one. It's, yeah. you, you just make people doubt their credibility enough that even when they tell the truth to power, it doesn't... Exactly. It, it doesn't have the effect that it should have, you know? And, um, yeah, look, she's... Uh, from a from a social commentary point of view, from an artistic point of view, and everything else, she was a powerhouse. Absolute and powerhouse. Gone too soon. Gone too soon. God love her. Shine on, Shania. Indeed, indeed. Uh, what about yourself? Um, any matters arising? AOB. Uh, <laughs> uh no, Graham. The, the minutes from last week's meeting uh, <laughs> reflect the fact that uh, you called me out on the use of the word sounder and uh, it's, we, we've since found out that it, it's a word that a lot of people are using and I don't see the issue with it at all so okay I'll, I'll withdraw my hostility to the thank word thank you appreciate that. that appreciate yeah. that and I'm, I'll, the, I'm a I'll bigger note, man here I'll, I'll note the fact that you have withdrawn that in full and, Danny yeah. have you been watching the new season of Dark Side of the Ring I've watched a little bit of it I've been I, I haven't been watching the episodes as they come out but I've watched a few of them right I know I'm on the last one now, so I am. So uh, the Marty Janetti one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ten minutes in, bit I used to refer to myself as the Marty Janetti of WTS Pod, basically because you're Shawn Michaels, you're the star. Yeah. And then, and then I learned about Marty Janetti being a lunatic. I said, well, I better take that out, me fucking boy, out pretty quick. Well, it, it's <laughs> funny know. where we were kind of giving out about people calling Sinead O'Connor uh, a mad thing. Yeah, and they were calling Marty Janetti a mad thing. I don't know what Marty Janetti's background is. But uh, I don't know what he puts it on, though. I was going to say, but did he not say a load of stuff in interviews that, you know... He said he murdered someone before, apparently. Yeah, but did he not say a few... I I could be wrong on it. To be honest, I'm talking about something I don't know enough about, and that's a dangerous territory to be in. But Yeah, anyway, I just wanted to see if you'd been watching Dark Side of the Ring. You haven't, really, but... I've watched watched a few, yeah, I've watched a few of them um, of this season. Uh, it's a great show for anybody who, who hasn't watched it it's it's a brilliant show especially if you are a fan of, of uh, pro wrestling in the 80s and 90s but even if you're not you just want some mad stories from an industry that is absolutely mad this is season four isn't it yeah yeah and like the, the just the stories of just backstabbing and murder and deceit and just sex and violence and all Men. kinds of madness, all centered around the world of what is known as sports entertainment. It's like, honestly, like, 
it's almost too strange to be fiction, never mind real life. Yeah, big time. Um, but anyway, the only other thing, Graham, I'd like to possibly flag is just um, I want to reaffirm my commitment to Arden's Chocolate. Oh! Yeah, just fantastic product. I'm a big fan of it. And if anybody from Cadbury's is listen, listening, will you get your act together, lads, and just bring out a regular size bar of Dairy Milk Orange? Those, oh. th- those giant bars, as brilliant as they are, I'm not saying get rid of them, keep them. Right, there's a place for them. But there's certainly a market for just your regular size chocolate orange from Cadbury's Dairy Milk variety. Now, it wouldn't be for me. We've had that discussion before. That's fine. But I'm just saying, for me now, it would be top tier. What's your favourite chocolate, uh, orange chocolate? Uh, like 30s. 30s isn't going to be beaten. But the Dairy Milk chocolate orange is sublime. Is it Dairy Milk chocolate orange? And it's absolutely stunning. It is gorgeous. Wow. Yeah, yeah. The and is it, what? is it only a limited edition? Nah, it's been around for a while now. It's been, it's so what are you asking Cadbury's to do? To bring it out in a regular size bar. Do you know your regular size dairy milk? Golden oh, Chris, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what? Yeah. The only one you can get it in is one of those big giant slabs. And Danny Murray 13 months ago would have loved that. But Danny Murray now can't afford to have that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Danny Murray's body wouldn't accept that now. I would absolutely reject it and leave him in a hoop, man. Whereas I can have two squares at a time and be happy out. like Yeah, absolute um, big skinny flute. Ah, listen, listen. Um, the other thing I'd like to say as well is, have you ever had Mike and Ike's? Mike and Ike's, never heard of it. They're, they're an American candy. They're like jelly beans, I suppose. Now, I hate jelly beans, right? Not a fan really? of it. These Mike and Ike's thing, because we're American, there's E-numbers galore in them, all that kind of crack. Mate, I think there's heroin in them. I'm addicted. Really? Where'd you get them? Uh, you, you know the way like Tesco's and, and you other, them there, do I have I'll send, I do actually I'll send you I'll send you a photo of them yeah um, but you know you know the way the, the supermarkets would have the American section of the oils yes where you'll pay 14 euro for a certain box of cereal which I just think is outlandish um, but uh, yeah you, you might find them there from time to time but but there's a there's, can you see that Oh, I think I remember seeing them in Orlando, all right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm, man, I'm telling you, there, there's definitely, I don't know what Mike and Ike's background is, but I would imagine uh, addictive substances play a part in it because those little sweets, man, whew, <laughs> telling you, telling you. Other than that, that's it. If anybody is familiar with the product and they agree or, or otherwise, feel free to get in touch uh, at WTS Pod on social medias or you can send your letters to P.O. Box 411.33. <laughs> okay, this week now we are going to be speaking to singer songwriter, poet, rapper, the Borda Zone. Well, we're we're saying you're the Borda. You're from the Borda. You're residing <laughs> in Clare now, but you're still one of our own. The brilliant Theo Waltz. I've been trying to get this over the line for ages, and I never had the balls to ask you properly. And then we were messaging recently, and I said, "Here, will you just come on?" So <laughs> thanks so much for your time. Yeah, um, thanks for having me, mate. Very, very appreciative. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good, Meryl. Um, yeah, like you say, I'm just down in the wilds of Clare. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm loving life. Life is life is good at the minute. Um, Deadly. You know what I mean. Trying to trying Deadly. to get busy. Trying to keep busy. Yeah. And what, what's what's busy now? What's uh, what's the story now? You st- you're still gigging, obviously. Yeah, well, I I I haven't been doing much uh, in the last this year. Actually, I haven't been doing much. Because I've been trying to finish an album for about two years now. Yeah. Like it's, get, it's getting to the stage where people are like, 
off, mate. Really, like this album, <laughs> this album's coming two years now, but it's finished. I'm looking at boxes over here, and uh, so now it's just the the publicity, all the side of it that I hate, Mero. You know, it's like yeah. I love, I love, I love when the the ideas for songs come. You know what I mean? I, I don't know, I can't tell you where they come from, but I love it when they hit and, and, and that process of becoming obsessed and then taking it to a studio and everything that goes along with that, you know, the creative side of it. Yeah. And and then when all of that is done and you've made peace with them, the whole other ball game starts then, you know, where it's like the business element side of it, that, that side that I... I I'm still bleeding, learning on my feet. Like, oh, but that's where I'm at. I'm at that end of it. I'm trying to bleed and get the publicity machine rolling. And, you know, so I'm, I'm a bit consumed with that at the minute. And, uh, yeah, so that's 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 what my day is involved, like, you know. Nearly. And, you know, um, like, I've I've seen interviews with yourself um, over the years, read interviews with yourself, and a lot of your first album, Where I'm From, like, but were you writing stuff as a teenager? Like, were you writing? Are you even constantly writing now? I know you 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 have an album ready to go, but would you just say, "Oh, geez, I have an idea there. I drove by something that's had to give me an idea." Like, you seem to have been writing poetry even at a very young age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have not that would have been down any of the lads that are like. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but now I, I would have liked to say the first song I ever wrote was the Pikey rap song. And yeah. I wrote that as a as a as a young fella, like you know, and not that it wasn't a song or anything, you know what I mean? But but it eventually made it to be a song. And mm. in terms of uh, constantly writing, I, I, I've only kind of figured out in the last year or two that it comes in waves for me. So I, 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 I'm one of these people that, that I struggle in the winter time a little bit. I'm getting better at it, you know, but when the, when the, when the clouds come down and the dark nights come in, I, 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 I find that hard sometimes. I love the sun. That's yeah. why this summer's wrecking me buzz now with all this rain and clouds and all. But, but I, 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 I love the summertime, you know, I like being out swimming and out the belt, but, what I've learned, particularly over the course of this album, actually, is that in those winter times, when when the old head can be able to get you, if if we can embrace that, that that's where a lot of my creativity comes, and and you know just sitting in on the dark nights and 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 and, and messing with the guitar, like you know, or and and it also comes through conversation, you know, like if someone comes out, you know, when you're in conversation with a group of people or something and someone comes out with a cracking one-liner, I'm straight into the farm with the pocket, you know what I mean? I'm writing that down because some people, people say things and they don't even know it's poetry, like, you know, so it can it can come from anywhere, but but I don't deliberately sit down and, and be consciously writing. I play guitar every day and I sing every day and, and, and sometimes you'll stumble across a new melody or a new little line just by acting the bollocks a lot, a lot of my songs came from acting the bollocks like you know really when did you pick up a guitar for the first time uh, we, I was really young I picked it up jeez I don't know it must have been it was like all the oasis buzz and all happening you know in the 90s and uh, my uncle Willie that lives down the road from us. He's he used to be he's guitars around the gaff like you know, and he'd be playing like Simon and Garfunkel and, and, and a load of deadly tunes. And I used to just sit around and he's sitting down with him for for hours. And he taught me how to play uh, he taught me five basic chords to how to play um 
Is it Benny King that wrote Stand By Me? Yeah. 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 He taught me, he taught, that was the first, the first song I ever learned on a guitar. And he said, look, with those chords, you can play basically anything, like, you know? So that's where the kind of the grog came from. And then, look, acting the bollocks and getting lost in, in alcohol and everything else, drugs and all that kind of, you know, I got lost with it all, and then I fell out. You know, not that I fell out. I loved it. I always loved music, but it just wasn't a thing then. You know, um, yeah. and so I, 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 I fell in love with it all over again when I moved down to uh, to County Clare in yeah. twenty twenty eleven. That's when I picked it back up again. Is, is, That's still the same. Sorry, sorry, man. I'm cutting yeah. across here. Apologies. I was just gonna say, like, so is. Is music something that's in the family then? Is it like, is it, or is it just your, your uncle that kind of inspired you? It's a weird, that's a good, that's a good, like, so it's it's in the family, but it's generations ago, right? Really? So, so, so you, like, I don't know if you know anyway, but our family are half pavies, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, my, my great grand uncles were these two boys. There's a painting of one of them there, the local artist gave me, uh, Johnny and Felix Doran is their names. And 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 so, um, the great song, Sarah Doran, Sarah Doran, yeah. So, yeah. So, now, like, I got there was a bit of trouble with that. My aunties and uncles they were like, Why did you call her Sarah Doran when her name was Sally Wall? And I was like, No, no, the song's written as a little girl before she ever met my granddad. It's like <laughs> I imagined what it was like on the road and camping and all that. Um, uh, you know, but it, but <clears throat> um, but so her uncles were were Johnny and Felix Darlin, and and ov- obviously I've known who these boys were, and now they were Ellen Pipers. Yeah. But it's only yeah. when I moved down here to to it, actually this house that I'm living in, like, where we're renting it off an old farmer around the way, just up the road, and my son's name is Felix after Felix Darlin, and the 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 farmer says to me, he said, you know, we first moved in, he said, what's the kids' names? And I said, Adam and Felix, he went, jeez, Felix, I haven't heard that name in years. He said, there used to be pipers that came around here years ago called Johnny and Felix Darn. I went, they're my ancestors. And he went, oh, my God. Like, they're, they're revered. So, so particularly Johnny Doran used to live, or used to travel down here in his old barrel top, barrel top trailer. Yeah. And uh, was going to move down here before he, he, he could have passed away prematurely. So... Uh, so I find myself living kind of where my ancestors came to and played. Like my 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 ancestor was hugely influential in Willie Clancy picking up the pipes. Yeah. You know we celebrate Willie Clancy every year, um, and and so I feel like I've 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 come to my spiritual home and found what I I I was put here to do. Like you know, Is that intentional still. No, no, no! It was all a mistake. <laughs> it was all like, a mistake. like when, when, when that, when, when that came to light, though, that definitely would have inspired you, would it? Yeah. So what happened was he gave me a book, and the book I, I have it here somewhere. <clears throat> it's called Free Spirits, and it's it's all the main traveller families that have impacted Irish traditional and folk music, maybe yeah. over the last two hundred years, maybe, and and, and so like the Peckardones and the Furies and the Paddy Keenans, all of these major heads are in them. But then some lesser known families, and 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 so them two boys are in it as well. But but I I like obviously we knew the these were master musicians, masters of their craft. Like, but but I I only got the scope of how deep their impact runs on music when I moved down here because everybody reveres them like you know what i mean it's like everybody like anyone that i've met in music like 
be it the Damos or, or the Christies and the Lucas and all these boys, to Johnny Felix Storm, Jesus Christ, you know? And so uh, I, I have been learning the last few years, particularly since I read that book, you know, and just getting lost in that and then researching, uh, you know, just falling into a bit of research on, on kind of, not all, I haven't researched them all, but I'm, I'm slowly starting to research the impact that Travellers have had on Irish music. It's fucking you, lads. So that 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 book uh, inspired the 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 song "My People," right? Which is about which is I've name checked a few of the people that I read about in the book and stuff. You know, some of the traveller artists. So yeah, I'm still on the journey, and and you know, it's yeah, it's just my I think through the music uh, for me, it's just highlighting in my own little way that uh, the the impact that that these these men and women have had on the music you know and so if we it's can like um, it's like christy keeping christy moore keeping that song alive um well well below the valley isn't it yeah that's a john royley song yeah it, don't they, that's a traveler song isn't it that's john royley is one of the yeah. most important fucking traveler artists of the 20s one of the most i should stop saying traveler. john royley is one of the most important irish artists of the 24th century like so so i was i i actually done uh with Tradfest this year i've done a three-part series of podcasts called my people and uh sure i don't know how you are doing this eight years man i've fucking done three of them and i was cacking myself but <laughs> the conversation was on that it was was it was it was Tradfest giving me the the platform to to highlight the stuff that we've just been talking about there, and so I was talking to Christy about that uh, on the podcast and 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 before the podcast and stuff as well. And w what he said was that like he 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 was at a singing circle down around Athlone or, or somewhere down around there in the in the seventies maybe, um. And and this this little this little traveler man stood up, you know, the the organizers of the singer circle were like, okay, we're gonna have the best of order. John Royley's gonna sing a song, and he stood up and he sang a song in an air uh, that hadn't been heard in the country in twelve hundred years, and he had that he had the the lyrics and the air to that song were passed down from generation from his father, his father, his father, all the way down along the line to this little old man, and Frank Hart and. Um, I'm not gonna think of the other lad now, but they're they're historic collectors of, of folklore and music, and uh, they recorded John Royley, and 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 it's one of the most important recordings like that, well below the valley, um, Lord, um, is it Duke Wellington? Christie sings a good few of his songs on a set, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So that's the kind of impact, like, and and then to move forward, then we were going over to Willie Clancy this. Because I'm always talking about this stuff and, and playing like the, the, my boys and, and ourselves are sick of me hearing new songs and old songs for uh, around the house. But we were going over <clears throat> uh, when the Willie Clancy week was on and me, me eight-year-old son says to me, he says, uh, so uh, was your was your ancestor Johnny Dorn? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And did he teach Willie Clancy how to play the pipes? And I was like, yeah, well, he probably didn't teach him, but he was usually influential in him picking up the pipes. And he was like, and is there no Johnny Darling Festival? And I was like, no, there's no Johnny Darling Festival. And he's like, and is there, not, is there not a statue of Johnny Darling somewhere? And I was like, no, there's not a statue of Johnny <laughs> Darling. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I was like, that, that, that kind of needs to be righted as well, I think, you know?
That's class, though, isn't it? Like, because anytime Christy sings well below the valley, he does give a brief synopsis of you know it's one of the longest or oldest songs yeah. on, on the circuit. Like, yeah. um, he's he's quite um, Christy's quite proud of singing the traveler songs, Golden yeah. Drift, Well Below <clears throat> the Valley. Um, it, it, is that something as someone who's has traveler blood? Is that something that moves you? Like. Yeah, well, it moves me because I'm a fan. Like, you know, like, tra Travellers can be very particular <laughs> about that kind of stuff. They're their fucking songs. What are you taking songs for? You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, uh, Really? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, and I tell you, because it's merit, it's it's all steeped in people. Well, look, I know Traveller artists that have been recorded by people, you know, that have been broke. You know what yeah. I mean? And then record people come in and say, look, here's laden a fucking hundred quid or a couple of grand or whatever. We'll record you. And then they own the rights to them songs then, like, you know, so they've been they've been swindled so many times by by collectors of songs, like, do you know what I mean? Right. And, yeah, and, yeah. and 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 so they're very guarded about their 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 the the songs and, and the history. But when someone like Christie's doing it, like he's keeping the flame alight there, you know what I mean? And 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 passing down that knowledge, you know what I mean, the history yeah, of, yeah. of the traveling people to, to ordinary punters who are just coming to see Christy Moore. That well, might not respond. That, but that's yeah. it. That's, it, it's like there, there's tradition involved in some of these things that I was completely ignorant to for years. Like, and then it's like that. Yeah. It's the, the more I got into Christy, and it, by chance, actually, friend of the show, Paul Howard, was talking about a guy called Garrick Brown once. And Garrick's influence on kind of traditional music in Ireland and Platter Records and all, yeah. Platter Records, all that kind yeah, of stuff yeah. as well. And from that, just natural curiosity kicks in and you start to read more about it and you realize that, like, Irish traditional music, like, there's traveler fingerprints on every chord. Like, yeah, it's, it's in it, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And, and look, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Anyway, I'm, I'm a bit proud of it, and I love, I love when I hear the likes of Christy or anyone else mm. of that stature, um, um, singing the songs. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's important. It's an important yeah. part of it. Like, you know, absolutely. You know the way you were saying hey, at the start there, you were just jokingly saying, you know, all oh, the lads wouldn't when you were growing up wouldn't have known about the poetry, and you were probably a bit shy or embarrassed, maybe. Would yeah. how are you about your um? Uh, your travel like your traveler blood when you were growing up, especially kind of like in a, I suppose council estate, so to speak. That yeah. was it the same as you know where you were you hiding it or were you proud of it or? Oh, no, no, we were proud. Sure, everyone knew we were bleeding. <laughs> we were rough <laughs> as fuck running around the place with stuff. <laughs> but, but, uh, but 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 you know, in some way, in some kind of way, like I, I remember, I remember giving an interview to some some journal and he talked this and ran with it. You know what I mean? Um, and made the whole thing. We talked about so much more, but it became about this and my my identity. And mm. but 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 it but it is it is kind of it is kind of true because you don't know what kind of defense you fit in on. Like you know what I mean? When you're an old half happy, like you're like which tribe, which fucking which side of the where the wife fit in? Like you know. But I think as I as I got older, then you just lean more to one side, you know, and you claim ownership of it. Yeah. Um, and then particularly through the music, then it gives you deeper roots. Like I think, you know, um, I think the well is much, I don't know, maybe I'm being, fucking, I don't know. 
I, I, I just feel like for me, it's it's a deep well, and anyway that I can tap into, um, and and I'm proud of it now. You know, not that I have never been not proud of it, but yeah. but I'm more so proud of it now. Like you know, yeah. the more yeah. I actually, the more I've learned, the more the research I've done, the more I've learned about the impact and the and the culture that 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 travels abroad. You know, I'm deeply proud of it. Like you know what I mean? Deadly. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Like um, like Christy and Damo, they I've I've had a lot of one-on-one time with Christy over the years and he he is still well not probably not still now but I remember actually on this on our podcast we asked him when did he feel like when was when did a kind of penny drop as to did he realize that he meant a lot to to people you know Mm -hmm. and he said it was around 2008 but he also said that he still gets and Damien Dempsey has said the same uh, when I asked him before. Uh, very nervous about live gigging. Like, very insecure. Like, I said to Christy about 2014, 15, would you ever do the Point Depot again? He said, absolutely not. I've no interest whatsoever. And I said it to Damien, would you ever like doing the Point? He said, absolutely not. No way. Do you have that kind of um, live crowd kind of heebie-jeebies? Yeah, absolutely, I do. But yeah, I, <laughs> but I definitely take a shot at the depot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you wouldn't say no. Trying to put two kids through college. Um, but, <laughs> but, but absolutely, like now, does and I've, um, I've brought. I think and, and same same as that. Well, I've talked to Damo as well around that kind of thing. Um. And 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 anyone that I've talked to still kind of gets it. I think for me, what I've learned is that because I've talked to other people <laughs> that have no nerves whatsoever. Yeah, mental, and, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but here's what I've learned. I think not, not that I want to be putting anyone down, but I think it's like all the blatant best heads at it are crippled with fucking insecurities and fears. Yeah. Like you know what I mean. Yeah, and and I put I think what I put it down to is is humility. You know, if I'm shit myself before the gig, I'm like that keeps you in check. Then you know what I mean. So you're not bleeding Conor McGregor and now onto the stage, giving it giving it the large one. You know, um. So I definitely get it. And then I think I, I, I've heard one of the boys saying before as well, like the day that you stop getting nervous is the day you should probably stop doing it. Like you know what I mean? I think I think that there's a a vulnerability with being on a stage. And any artist or performer who is putting themselves out there for that sort of thing and is like, there's a sincerity in these performance that like, you know, in Christian and Damo, like you, you can almost feel that performance as opposed to just hear it and see it. You know what I mean? And I think when you're talking about people like that, as you said, it's the, the, the humility with it plays a big part in it, but that vulnerability can show through as well. And you can kind of see sometimes they need a little bit of that crowd to, to, to carry them through it. Like, Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's where it's that's where it's at. Like you totally feed off the crowd. Like particularly, look, I know Damo plays with a band and all, but it's mm. it's him front the house. Like you know what yeah. I mean? It's on it's on him to get the crowd going. And and then, and now Christie's Christie's totally solo doing his own thing. Like which is <laughs> major. Like you know, yeah. Yeah. but like that that type of thing. Like oh, yeah, if we can put. One or two hundred people in a room. I'm happy as Larry. That lad's going out to playing thousands of people every single night. Like, yeah, you know, that's a different level of of like nerves and 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 anxiety. Like, you know, but 
I that I think that's 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 where that's what keeps you coming back. Like it's that thing of you know, it's a approval, isn't it? Everyone's mm. we're, we're seeking approval. That's what yeah, it is. Yeah. On a, on a deep on a deeper level, you're you're seeking the approval of others. But but there's also some bit of I don't know. I can't explain it. There's a bit of magic in someone singing back to you. You know what I mean? Or knowing the lyrics to your songs or something. It's like, oh my god, this is like I'm getting goosebumps now thinking about it. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing that keeps you coming back. You know, definitely. That's yeah. a, with me and me and the lads. Um, when you when you supported Damien uh, and you played the Christmas Ricker Street show. Yeah. Uh, me and the lads, like we would say, we'd usually used to kind of stay in the bar until closer to demos, but we'd all be in fucking ODing on your on your album, like, right. and we did our business to go and see it, and it was just deadly, like it was just like that. that actually, Danny, that was the first uh, time I crowd surfed that demo. It was meant to be. Yeah, I never forget that. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> That was um, the scariest gig I've ever done in my life. Really? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really. Scary. I was going to ask you how did how did you find that gig? Well, well, like I I know because like I'm I'm a fan of Demo, you know what I mean? And and it's that like it's that thing like Demo's fans are fucking ruthless, like you know what I mean? They're so they're so it's cult like it's like it's the church and it's the fucking. Ugh! We're all here for demo. We don't give a shit about you. So when I walked out on that stage, what you probably was after the first song, I, like I was so nervous and I think all the songs were real fast. And after, I didn't catch this now. Jesse said it to me after the gig, but she said, did you hear your man in the front row? Uh, he said after the second, uh, or, or the first or second song, why don't you sing one of demos? Yeah, which I thought was great. <laughs> but, but, but she said then at the end with the little sing song we kind of got going, he was giving it the large one, you know. So I took that as a bit of a win, like you know. But yeah, yeah, that was that was because that's my first time like fucking Vicar Street's the mecca as well, isn't it? It's the you know. How did you get to support him still? He he just he just I I, I don't know I, I think he just we were on the phone or whatever and he just said. Uh, oh, we were texting each other. I don't know what I was texting. Him. I was texting him something, and he was, you know, back and forth. And and then he just said, "Here, yeah, I might have a little. I've, 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 I've a gig there if you want to open it up. Like it's a little show, yeah." And I went, "Yeah, deadly." You know what I mean? <laughs> I was, I swear to God, I was lying down on the couch, and I was like, "Sweet," because Damo was so good. Like that's how I got me started. And he fucking took me on tour in 2018, 2019, and then I opened that show for him at the end of 2019. You know. And he said, yeah, it's Vicar Street. You know, I mean, a foundling fellow. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Love it. What, what was it like getting to, to work with him then on what's wrong with the world? What was, tell us about that experience. Uh, I, I, do you know what happened? Like that that song came right at the end. I'd all, I had a few other songs written. And then I just, yeah, the, that song came about right at the end of the recording. And... I think I was writing that song with Damo in mind. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I was, I was, I read it from the perspective of going, do you know what? I could write this and just say to Damo, here, do you want to sing that song? I've written a song for you. Do you want to sing it? And and uh, and then so I was in the studio with Martin and stuff, and I was like, you know, once we put it down, I was like, I'm not giving that song to anyone. It's a fucking great song. <laughs> <laughs> And then I was like, no, I'm going to ask Damo to bleeding to 
to feature on that. And Martin was like, yeah, go on, go for it. So so we said it to him and, and then I was just like, look, uh, you know, he said, look, just send it to me and if I can add anything to it, I will. And if I can't, I won't. And I was like, yeah, fair enough. Because I'd become real brazen at this stage and I was like new in the game and I was like, I'm just going to cheekily fucking ask people for what I want. And all they're, all they're going to say is, no, I'm not doing yeah. it or I can't do that for you. And I'm totally prepared for that, you know what I mean? And I'm still, I'm still as brazen as they come with it. You know, uh, and I think that's the traveler thing as well. It's like, yeah, will you do this for me? No, okay, grand. Um, and so I said it to him, and and, and I sent it to him, and uh, he says, yeah, yeah, I think I'd be able to add a little bit to that. So I was bleeding, emailing him, going, I think if you take the second verse and the hook, and, and you know, like I wanted him to sing parts of the lyrics that I'd written, and then he sent back that that bit that he had written. Uh, the sheeple, he yeah. wrote that for it, you know what I mean? And I was like, that's fucking brilliant. But it was in a mad key. He changed the key of the song, like, you know. So we had to we had to kind of figure out a way to, I don't know, to change. I don't, it's all above my pay grade anyway, but he wrote a part from me. I was on the phone, I rang him back up, and I was like, sheeple, fucking sheeple, is it? I was like, that's bleeding, deadly, man, you know. And so we, we weren't in the studio or anything together, you know. He was just, I was sending it to John, uh, Damo's manager, and uh, and producer and and we were just back and forth and like that like you know and then once we'd figured it out like the the tempo change in the song it goes up to meet demo um and, and, and the finished product then once we had it finished i was sitting in the studio listening to it going that is fucking early and then i was talking to man and goes i'm gonna ask demo to be in a music video for that and he's like you're pushing the boat <laughs> <laughs> and, and so we did and he did you know and it was fucking like Nice. That's the stuff of dreams, like as a like yeah. that. That's the reason I got into music. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. I was Who else inspired you and, and like artist was Damo, yeah, like, Damo, Christy, the two Christies. Oh, I was a big fan of Aslan as well. Me, myself, my cousin Lizzie, um, Lord rest, Lord rest. She, we, we used to listen to a lot of Aslan, like you know, in the nineties, um, and and and. and you know, you know when you don't think you're influenced by artists, but then you fucking are as well. Like, you know, like, I remember, not that I was standing in the mirror singing nothing compares to you or that, but I remember the impact of Sinead on Irish culture because it was around, the, I don't know, I think it was around the time, around like Italian 90 and all. I, I just have a real vivid memory of Italian 90 going on with all the young ones singing nothing compares to you. But then, like, that, that, that woman's... Uh, stance and the stuff that she was talking about kind of because it was social injustice and it was people that had been wrong that she was standing for and I could fucking relate to that because I lived in that, that's what I lived through like people bleeding now some of it was merited because I was a fucking nutcase as well like growing up you know acting the maggot but a lot of our our social injustices and she would have built a couple of traveller centres down the country as well yeah. Um, did you ever meet her? No, I didn't. I didn't. And so that's why, like, when she passed away, it was like, uh, I, I, I was actually sitting in here in, in, in and uh, I was doing a few bits on, on the computer and I just played and clicked onto social media. I see you. I saw you posting on it. She right. And I went, no fucking way. Look, I, I, I just, I played and I got 
real theory and then I went down to Jesse and I was like, you'll never guess who was at the doing. She was like, oh God, she thought it was someone in my family or something. And I was like, Sinead O'Connor. And the two of us just stood there looking at each other, like crying. We'd never met the woman before in my life. Yeah, um, it was so and, sad though, wasn't it? Yeah, I was like, very sad. And I think that's what it was. It was, it was the main reason was because we'd lost this huge fucking juggernaut of, of light. Just a big light switch just went, out over Ireland and then the second part was like I fucking wanted a knee whore and just bow just bow just be like I fucking bow down like you know um, so now I didn't meet her but I, I, I would have liked to and, and I think I think it's the same for all Irish people I think we grieved because you know she was just you know it was just was when, when the knee was broke it was just ah oh, no yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Just did crazy. you watch the documentary yeah, I, I saw it when it came out last January. Yeah. And fucking balled my eyes out watching it. Yeah, same, but it was so, because we, we didn't watch it. We don't watch, look, we don't watch telly or anything like that, but we have like the Netflixes and all that kind of stuff on, on the laptop. And, you know, so when she passed, we, we one, of them, one of them had it on it and we watched it. And same as that, we were all fucking bored to the eye. But then we were like, we were talking about it afterwards and we were like, I'm so glad she got to see that. I'm so yeah. glad that like that stuff that like like and, and so even when I was posting on it like I was saying like she was so ahead of her time obviously musically she was she's still ahead of her time but but I mean like in on the social fight the injustice thing like she was calling that shit out 10 years before we even had a clue what was going on in this country yeah she was ahead of her 15 time. years maybe you know you know what I mean so he did her um she she narrates her own audiobook remembrance I got her audio book there two or, two or so years ago. I'm halfway um, through it, yeah. Reading, re reading it now. I'm, I'm just reading it. I, I... It's surreal listening to her. Like, yeah, reading, reading so book, it's so fun. sad. Like, um, I'd be remiss to say, but Danny, um, Steo keeps referencing Jess, Jesse. Mm. Uh, that's Steo's wife who happened to play my love interest in Fair City. Yeah, I'm still going to play them. I'm on the hunt for you. Why did I say it? <laughs> <laughs> what do you, you think know, of that, Danny? Look, all I'll say, every so often, he'll just reference the fact that his phone does be hopping from these fair city mutts, as he calls them. <laughs> so, I mean... Back on Sally loving life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my, my cousin's in that as well. Mac, Mac Buck is my cousin. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Mac's a gentleman. Yeah, yeah. Absolute gentleman. Um, it's it's funny because like obviously, uh, Jesse is a, an actor, and you're in the arts as well. Like, does when Jesse's down theatre, is she as as nervous as yourself? Down, yeah. yeah, yeah, highly nervous, highly insecure. Uh, has no fucking clue how talented she is. No, no, no clue. Like every like Jesse's now on the length and breadth of the country. And, and held in, in high regard, you know what I mean? Just by being a sounder, like, you know what I mean? She's not, she doesn't play the game, like, but but she's good at what she does, like, you know what I mean? But, is that but, from working with me, Steve, was it? Yeah, probably. She's never been the same, to be honest. Her relationship, <laughs> her relationship suffered, Mero. Yeah. Funny, Steve, there's a, there's a lot of people who aren't the same after putting up with him for more than an hour. So, like... <laughs> nah, that was great, man. Like, that was, that was, like, that's, you know what I mean? Not that like it's but but it, it's a big deal to be to be on on you know what I mean. I was a great storyline as well because she we it was obviously uh, evolved around the wheelchair basketball, 
And I remember um, Steve Gunn and, and, and Jesse came up to our training and was sitting in chairs and doing all the research I needed to do. It was a great time. That was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I, th- I think it was it was her introduction to Fair City, her character, Sally. It was yeah. her introduction. It was deadly. Yeah. Um, where your new album's coming out. Um, in your in your first album, there was a lot of poetry. There was a lot of rap. There was a lot of singing. The, can we expect the same? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think with this one, is, is it this album here you're talking about? What yeah, what's it called? Street Wisdom for Lost Souls. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Um yeah, I think I think it is like sort of some songs like there's some songs that are released as singles like Barcel Boy, um and yeah, My People really is on it as well. Yeah. But they're kind of yeah. reimagined, you know what I mean? Um and, and they were too kind of good not to put on an album, you know. Um, but but yeah, there's the little there, there is definitely that Barcel boy is definitely like a, a, I don't know it has that rap kind of element to it. Um, but but what's different about this album is that like with the first album, well, like I, I obviously I had no clue what I was doing and and because it, it was my first time ever in a studio and so <clears throat> with the impact or the you know working with like Luca Bloom who kind of produced it along the way with me and stuff. Luca did, did produce this album, did he? He produced the last, the first album, yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, Luca co-produced that with uh, Martin and myself. Um, but I, I, it was very pale back um, and, and kind of acoustic even though there was a few bits going on uh, musically. Like, But with this one, I, I, like, I kind of upped the production value on it and, and I... I you know, I, I look, I've done the best I could with it, Mero, but I've, yeah. I've stepped up the production game on this one. And so much so that now that it's coming time to launch it, I'm like, how am I going to do these songs justice now? You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> some of them had, like, that more Black, more Dogs, more Irish, that, that caused a fucking storm when I released it. Yeah, and, good or bad? Uh, yeah, a bit of both. Bit of both. But, but people were mad, like, people were fucking going crazy because... You know, they're just racist bleeding muppets. But um was yeah. it is was is was that the reason why you were forced to go on Turbity to, to talk the way you did? Yeah. Jeez, I'm not I don't want to go in. Not not that no, actually that would you uncomfortable, but let me retract that. It what like because I don't want to like it wasn't it it, it was definitely a, a, a factor in it. You know mm. what I mean? Because like I said on that interview, like a lot of people have been asking me to 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 talk and share, you know what I mean, me me story and my background because it's all in the music anyway, Mario, you know. And so yeah. I, I have always been of that thing of where like and it's been it's been happening since I released that album. Since 2018, 2019, 2020, people have been like, Can we talk to you about your background and, and your upbringing? And I was like, look, when the time is right. And then when all this stuff kind of broke on the internet with around more blacks, more dogs, more Irish. It, it it was like a group of individuals that were narrating racists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That were narrating my life or using my life to, to further something. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's the point where where I was like, nah, fuck that. I can't have that like, you know, so I think it was that, it, that interview with Ryan was was very, very, very good. It was I, it was it was sad that that those scrouts uh kind of halfly kind of forced their hand to do it, but I thought yeah. it was handled brilliantly. Um and 
I mean, the idea of you releasing almost like a protest song and for them to come up with a, uh, to come up with your past to try and knock yeah. you down because of yeah. your present day action in the protest song is just it's it speaks everything what they're like you know that way yeah yeah well well like uh, you know the fucking the demos and the christies and all them boys are like you know you're doing the right thing when those fuckers are coming after you like you know absolutely um, and, and so and he knows all about that as well yeah really yeah, the paper Danny a couple of weeks ago. Really? Yeah, not not yeah. at the not at the level and at the scale of, of of what like yourself and others experienced and that kind of thing. But I mean, yeah, they, they've they've one mode and that's attack. They don't know civil. They don't know discourse. They don't know how to. Absolutely. It's, it, it's attack. It's bully. It's it try to intimidate you. You know. Yeah. That, that's all. Yeah. That that's the only way yeah. to know how to operate. Uh, what's weird about it? What's weird about this, Danny, is that like this song is like a condensed three and a half minute radio edit, and yeah. and if you listen, if you actually listen to the words that I'm speaking in this song, does it's it's like there's something for everybody in it. You know what I mean? I'm not just talking about like the fucking blacks and the this and that. It's like it's against. It's anti-imperialist. It's anti-racist. It's anti. You know what I mean? There's something yeah. for everyone. Yeah. I thought in this song but what gives me so much joy is that i can't wait for them. like that song is it's eight minutes long on the album i can't wait for them to hear the full version of it like you know what i mean because it's gonna if they're He's, angry now they're gonna be really angry when they hear that like you know so deadly well listen yeah. um any tour dates are at or is that all yet to be yeah, I'm I'm in the like I, I there's a few bits I probably can't even speak about at the minute, but but um I'm in London um on the fourteenth of next month. Uh, I'll be going over to do the, the Irish Centre over there. Um and then I'm trying to I'm trying to organize I'm trying to just put in place because I just winged my way through the first release, you know what I mean? I was just get out into the world. Yeah. And so with this one I'm trying to put together bits of tours and gigs and stuff. Um, but, but just to say there's another single coming off this as well it's gonna hopefully not make anybody angry uh, it'll be out or, or hopefully it will um, it's it's out the end of the month the end of August I'm gonna release a song called Glory Days it's a nice nostalgic growing up in the border kind of buzz like you know so, awesome yeah, yeah so, Deadly, can't wait nice one Yo, thanks so much for your time I really really enjoyed that yeah same same time man. piss boy yeah, did, did, yeah, no, appreciate it, man, and uh, look forward to hearing more of the, the album when it comes out. And uh, yeah, hopefully, catching a gig, you, you'll yeah. try to get something up around the borough. You see, oh, yeah, it. no, we'll be launching yeah. it up there for sure. Love yeah, it, man. Love yeah. It. yeah, definitely. A brilliant chat there with a brilliant artist, Theo Wall. Thank you very much. Uh, enjoyed that, Graham. Good yes, chat. enjoyed it immensely. Absolutely, an, an absolute gentleman. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait for the new album because his first album was excellent. The the releases after that were excellent. More blacks, more dogs, more Irish. Excellent. The, yeah. Incidentally, the reaction about that that we were talking about that we didn't really go into. I'll yeah. just say to our listeners, seek out Theo's interview on the Ryan Turbidy show. Uh, it was this. It was this year. Uh, yeah, it was definitely this year. Um, so seek that interview out if you wanted 
to hear more about the background of that and see how it's passed. Um, yeah. Didn't feel it was appropriate to go into it now, to be honest, no, because no, it's, he's addressed it, it and it doesn't need to address it again. It, exactly. That, that's it. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. That, like, you know, look, but he's talked about it. No need to. It's out there. If you want to find it, you'll find it. That That's not what we were chatting to him about. We want to chat to him about his new album and his upcoming gigs and, and, and the now, so to speak. Yep. And it was excellent. I can't wait. Definitely, definitely. And check him out on Spotify uh, and you'll get all his tunes and whatnot there. And obviously when the new stuff's released, you'll get it there too. I love a song, Where I'm From, which is incidentally the name of his first album, Where I'm From, but the first song's class. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. Anyway, he's done. He's, he's a few good ones, as they say. Uh, Borstal Boy is a good one as well, actually. And, uh, yeah. The, Pukey Rap is class. The uh, Pukey Rap is class. And it's like, it, it's weird because uh, I... I'd say I came to Steo during COVID, really, I suppose like everybody in a way, but like um I wouldn't I wouldn't have known of him, if you get me. And then it was more so just like that, like like our friends and whatever, just kind of posting or sharing his stuff on social yeah. media. And then um but yeah, what what's wrong with the world, Matt, is one that has found its way into me me Spotify playlists on the regular class. I love the song about Sarah Doran and um, yeah. his grandmother. Um, Jesse's song about his wife is great. Original Bad Boy material, great. Just a great album. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, that's it. I anyway, look, we were talking about chicken vegetables at the start, Graham. Um, it's chicken vegetables for dinner in this house tonight, spoiled by you. Oh, lovely. Can can you get me vision of that, please, on the WhatsApp setting? <laughs> on the WhatsApp set, yeah, I can indeed. Yeah, many uh, thanks. Um, we'll, we'll leave it there so, so that I can go down and eat my chicken vegetables, and jalapenos will be included. Lovely. We'll leave it there, Oshin. Until next Sorry. time. Sorry, I did forget to say the one thing that you didn't. So you include salsa in yours, yeah? Yes, the the seasoning and the salsa. Right. So sometimes rather than and, mo- salsa, and mozzarella in the actual. Oh, a bit of cheese in it. Yeah, yeah, it goes a long yeah. way, right? Sometimes rather than the salsa, I will throw on a, a dollop of the Eddie Rockets Cajun sauce with the Eddie Rockets garlic sauce. Oh, lovely. I'm te- man, I'm telling you now. Oh, no. Come here. Game I usually changer. put sweet corn in them as well. I forgot this time. Sweet corn? Yeah, do you know what? Sweet corn's one of those things, Graham, where all it does is hit your right from your mouth to your arse. So I'm indifferent to it being in anything. <laughs> it doesn't It doesn't add that. It doesn't take away, Matt. And it's just there. So I'm fine with it. From mouth, from the, your mouth to your Stephen Gigger. <laughs> Until next time. Clear, Clear hearts. Full hearts. Can't lose. Too sweet. Good luck.